This is a main hustle media podcast. Welcome to Blurred Comics, the podcast about blackness and blurred shit from a couple of mixed black blurs. Hmm. This is your boy, Blurred Vision. I got a blurred, you know what I mean? <laughs> this is your boy, Blurred Vision. And that is... Mixed Girl Mix What is cracking, y'all? Did we skip last week? What happened last week? We did. Uh, okay, we did yeah. Skip. We skipped we last skip? week. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. we skipped last week because I was traveling and I started a new job and all that craziness. Um, yeah. But this is it's our first not. time where we're not talking about Avengers. <laughs> Right, exactly. Except it, for kinda. Real fast, I do need to talk about Avengers, and then we can move on. <laughs> okay. What you got, girl? So, last month, you tagged me in a Twitter contest, and shit, I should have pulled up the tw- the Twitter handle so that I can remember what they were called. They were called Pop Something, but while I'm looking for that, I won. <laughs> I won the contest that you tagged me <laughs> in. I did. Apparently, I was one of the most nerdy people, I guess, to participate in pop culture and comics their handle is pop cnc and uh, i guess they got monthly contests or whatever you tagged me in it it was for four new avengers comic books so shout out to pop culture and comics uh for allowing me to win but since you are my co-host and you're the one who tagged me in it i'm gonna share my gift with you all right so we we won four yeah i'll read them and then i'll give them to you uh we got four new avengers comics issue four 13, 27, and 30. I'm going to put a picture of them up on our Blurred Comics Instagram. Um, but that was fun. I felt hella nerdy because I was able to answer a couple questions and prove my, my nerd game was strong. So You Whoop. are. You have been chosen. You are worthy. <laughs> yes, but that is the only right. Avengers news I have. We can move. Oh, no. I got one more. I got one more. One more. I changed. So when I, when I left my other job, my toxic job, I was like, new job, new necklace. I've been rocking the Batman symbol for years, and I have been slowly starting to fall from grace with my love of Batman and getting more and more into Iron Man, basically. I mean, I've always yeah, been a Marvel person. Iron Man. Iron Man, exactly. But I switched my necklace to the arc reactor. And can I tell you that I have worn this necklace now for 10 days, and not a single person has identified my necklace did you grab your necklace like, uh, I'm you like I mean? offended like, personally offended you, so either like, I'm not working around nerds or I'm still okay. new and no one wants to talk to me the, uh, um, uh, uh, Maine I'm wondering do, do you give off of a very approachable vibe corporate Maine does okay corporate Maine does corporate Maine does mixed girl Maine maybe if we're out in public trying to represent for the so shows, so it's kind of a mix. Charmaine, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's what I was... okay. you remember. Okay, so I had to, yes, yeah. I had to, I had to get the you know okay the levels yeah. of approachability. Okay, right. okay, right. So I don't think I'm working with nerds. Also, mm. I don't know if that's the place for me, but we'll figure it out. It's a it's a new mm. spot. I got to be there for a while. But yeah, so but I've also been in public. We we went to go see the dis- dumpster fire that is Dark Phoenix. Nobody noticed it there. About. We have been to well, I have been out in public a couple of times and no one has noticed it. Can I say that that was the best gift that you ever sent me when you <laughs> 
<laughs> it was amazing. So like, where the fuck did she get this? And that's yeah. So I spoiled the movie for Blur Vision in text message form <laughs> the other day. After I got out of the movie, I was like, so I saw Dark Phoenix saw dot it. dot dot, and Blur Vision was yeah. like, how was it? And I was like, mayonnaise with googly eyes being squirted out of the bottle gif so it looked like a mayonnaise bottle was throwing up and that was my spoiler filled review of the dark phoenix that's was that all you wanted to say about i mean we can still review it once you see it i'll I'll see it i'm gonna see it this week all right we'll review it we'll review it um but yeah i got notes i definitely got notes um but yeah it's it's a let me it it was blah okay let me <laughs> that was pronounced. <laughs> um, was it better than Last Stand? Okay, we'll we'll get into it. We'll get into yeah. We'll get into it. Let's um. That's the question I'll ask you then. Yeah, yeah. We'll get into okay. it. But you you uh you brought up you brought up some interesting um, news that happened this week in blackness and. Sacramento-ness. And you feel me? Mm-hmm. Uh, the the man who brought you. Butterflies in the sky. The man who taught us how to read and love reading. That and he did no wrong. Like he then he went on to do to straight be the blurred of all blurs. Went on to Star Trek. Wearing a banana clip on his eyes. Did you, uh, bro? Did you do that with your eye? With with all the time. I bought one just for that purpose. Bruh, for real. So. Uh, that man is from Sacramento. Right? I did not know so, that. Or did I and I, I forgot? I don't remember, but it's awesome. You know, so uh, he was the, the, okay, so Meadowview Park has been renamed after the Sacramento native LeVar Burton. So it is now LeVar Burton Park. So get, get it up. Get a fucking nice book. You feel me? Get a picnic basket. They picnic. have a nice little park out there. It's going to be hot as shit. It's Sacramento. You know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, get some shade and go out there and, and read a book in LeVar Burton Park. That's actually an activity that I wouldn't mind going back up there for. That would right. ma- Maybe the next time. We need to take a picture by LeVar Burton Park. Actually, yeah, we should probably coordinate yeah, a trip do... up there at the same time. And then we could have a we could have a blurred comics cookout in, in LeVar Burton Park. Yeah, it is at uh, 1900 Expedition Way. So if you are looking out for that, but that is uh, the Sacramento news for the day. That's dope. I'm glad. I'm glad to, for him to get some kind of honor because he's like, I still follow him on Twitter. I follow him on all his things. When Reading Rainbow was coming back with the Kickstarter, I donated. Right. Like Reading Rainbow was a real significant show for me. I never missed it. And then on top of it, not only did he like go on to do great things, plus he's in the roots. Like he's a he's a staple for our entire lives, right? Hey, has he done anything wrong? That's what I'm saying. Like you don't have any LeVar Burton scandals. You don't have you even have him making fun of himself in the most adorable way on community. Like I love when people can make fun of themselves on a show, you know, when they play themselves but as an exaggerated version of himself. Right. If you listen to him on podcasts, like he, he oh, he's got a podcast I listen to now where he reads short stories to us just like our childhood except for now they're more adult. He still has that nice, like, calming voice and everything like that. Like, I, I love LeVar Burton. 
So go see LeVar Burton Park. Park in uh, Sacramento. Marvel, yeah, Marvel in the blackness and blurtiness that is uh, LeVar Burton. And uh, yeah, and then today we had our first guest. Yeah, we had, well, we had our first guest that we didn't meet, that we don't know, basically, no. that we don't know in some kind of form. All those other people's was like, the homies came on. They're like, you know? yeah, podcast play cousins, stuff like that. But we are joined this week by Marion Yasuhu, and she is the artistic director of the Soul Sister Comedy Group. They uh, are doing a show here in LA at the UCB Theater on, um, I believe it's on Sunset. I believe it's the, oh, are there two on Sunset? I'm going to put the address in the show notes. Uh, but uh, they're doing Afro Girl and Buiva, which is a live sketch comedy show. And it sounds hilarious. It is a cosplay night, so you can show up wearing any kind of cosplay. It's super and Shaft is coming out this week, it's... so it's like black spo- They want you to be in black exploitation. What day uh, uh, do you up. think I have tickets for Shaft for though? You're seeing your father. Okay, you have a you have a court mandated court mandated uh, to, see, to see it on the Thursday that it comes out. Exactly. <laughs> I, I court mandated. Because I could have seen Men in Black. Wait, Men in Black comes out too? Men in Black comes out on the same day, but between the two, which one did I have to see on the opening day? I have to go see. Right. So I'm going to see that on the 14th. I'll see Men in Black on the weekend. You know. Yeah, that's a a Tessa extravaganza. But yeah. And then, so we're going to jump on over to our discussion with Marion and come back next week and we'll either talk about the Dark Phoenix dumpster fire or Juneteenth or all of the above. Yes. are joined for the first time ever by someone we don't know <laughs> in right, person. Right. This is the first time this happened. Most of the people we've met before. Uh, we are joined by Marion, the artistic director of the Soul Sister Comedy Group. And we are just, just tell us everything about you. Yeah. Welcome yeah. to the show. First of all, Bawoni Kilon Shele. Ah, 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 Alafia. That's uh, that's me throwing out my Yoruba side, saying, "How are you? How is everything nice. going?" All right. Peace to peace to all of you out there in the Black Blood Vision world. Nice. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. See, hey, we need to do this shit more because hey, we just do like the hey, hey, what's up? You what's know what up? I mean? Yeah. Is- this is real shit. Well, right see, here. I'm sitting there trying to focus on a relearning French a little because I finally traced back my ancestry to Gabon, but I don't know what languages the actual tribes I'm from used. I only know that right now Gabon is a French-speaking country, so I'll work on it. I'll work on it. <laughs> <laughs> over, over on the West African side, we welcome all of us, okay? We will say, ah, if you're speaking uh, Yoruba, we're happy. If you're speaking Igbo, we're happy. You know, you're welcome. Come right. and learn it. <laughs> <laughs> All 
All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And the way I discovered y'all was it just popped up in my feed somewhere on Facebook, Afro Girl and Beweva event on Juneteenth. So I reached out to y'all because I was excited about that. Um, But why don't you tell us about the Soul Sister Comedy and everything you got going on? Yeah, thank you. Soul Sister Comedy came about as just (laughs) as a way of being able to be hella black in the live sketch comedy world here in Los Angeles. It's pretty strange to me that like there's been a void since like in living color. I that it's (laughs) great. like what happened and, and and there's not really any like explanation for it other than it just makes someone has to just make the choice to do it and like want to and have fun doing it and then that's kind of what happened there's kind of a renaissance right now a little bubble of people of color women of color um here in this comedy scene here at UCB, Groundlings, any of the dope schools that we're all coming out of, you know, that that we're we're kind of screaming out, we don't want to do it the white way. <laughs> we wanna <laughs> we wanna we wanna use the there's something, of course, like when you're writing a script, when you're watching television, there's something so wonderful, of course, about storytelling. It's a universal language, right? But the thing that makes us all kind of go, like like really gush is like when that person looks like us on screen and is still doing dope storytelling thing so that's like we just want to do that we're like yeah we get it i love the office who doesn't it's funny Mm -hmm. like i want to see me doing it i want to see Issa do it i want to see you know what i mean so that's kind of how it happened and then as we just continue to do that and like people actually open up space for us. We're at a pack theater, we're at Upright Citizens Brigade, which is Amy Poehler and them's um, theater. Um, we're at Cal Comedy Studio. As people are giving us opportunities to share our stories, we're like, okay, well, we done now. We've replicated what the whites are doing. Okay, maybe we should like speak our own stories. Right. And then that's what happened. We're chilling, we're writing, and we're like, Afro girl. It kind of happened very specifically. We were, there was a group of us four black we were black one and we were all like naturalistas uh, in 2018 um during the cbs showcase and we, we were writing hella black shit because nice. we were filling ours we're like yeah. nobody here is wearing a weave can we just just look at that for a second like okay <laughs> 8 30 nobody's wearing a weave what's going on is this an accident was this plan are we really hamsters and is someone watching us? We agreed yes, one. And then two, oh my God, let's write about this. <laughs> and so like <laughs> Africa and Bee Weaver was just one sketch. And then I showcased it at um, Upright Citizens Brigade. And then I just was like, nah, this needs to be a whole damn show. And so... <laughs> You know, Laura, who's in freaking New York, I'm like, Laura, you got to be on board. And then like my other girls who are here, Pavar, Kendra, and then a whole onslaught, Ashley Shine, uh, Marquise and Rosna, all of us black women. What? I was like, yo, let's write this shit. Um, I was like the Oprah and Gail because I was just like, uh, this is the devil. <laughs> I don't be doing this for free, but we got to come on. And a lot of them will give me like that look like, why do you have to be so difficult? But like fast forward six months, we actually wrote it. Yay. You know, I, so. I'm sitting over here with the biggest <laughs> grin on my face because right. God damn, there's just like I, I, I'm. 
I inserted a little bit into the sketch comedy side. Um, I went to the Ruby LA last year and I was taking classes there for it. And everybody, there was one other mixed person. She was Filipino and white. Everybody else was white. And then there was my black and Japanese ass. And every sketch I had was race oriented. Every sketch everybody else had was like, oh, this is cute. And let's talk about this and whatever. And then I'm, I'm coming out here with like sketches about police brutality and stuff like that. Right. And I just felt like, well, they were all embracing of it. First of all, I will say that the Ruby... They're very embracing of it, but also to not get to connect with another brown person who gets it, you know, there, there, that thing was missing. And so just to hear (laughs) that not only was there one black woman, (laughs) but four or five of y'all out there doing something, I just, that just makes me so happy. So I'm, I'm super excited. I cannot wait to see y'all live in person. What is, what, what are some of the premises of the, of the sketches that you have? Well, um, for specifically Afro and Buliba, it's a it's a sketch comedy show about hair. It is. It's about hair. For the other stuff that we write, because we have low-key, we have Indian women on our team, uh, Lena um, Kershengel, we have Satya Vani. Um, Satya writes characters about her her in like her Indian um parents. So you're going to see, like, we make fun of ourselves. I write a bunch of shit about jollof rice. I'm like, man, it's, you can do a whole replicate, like a Troy, uh, what is it? The Trojan War? (laughs) That shit. We got a big festival for it here in LA and they fight it out. (laughs) Who who has the best? It's real. I'm like, oh man, how do I do? I'm like one fourth Ghanaian, the rest Nigerian. I don't even say nothing. I'm just like, Ah, my hands are up. Right. <laughs> Speaking of that, if you have to follow anybody in the World Cup, who do you follow? I don't. Yo, know. man. I know it's I real like- for for the continent, so I'm just asking. <laughs> uh, man, I feel like uh, my dad is in Nigeria right now, and I and I can feel that he's his ears are up, and he's probably going what? Already <laughs> 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 feel really nervous. <laughs> but I'll say for sure, I'm going to be like this. I'm going to be like Nigeria first, Ghana second, United States third. Okay. Copy that. Okay. But yeah. like, that, the, I'm like, man, if someone comes at me, though, I'm going to be like, yeah, I said it. And then I'm going to run. <laughs> <laughs> you ready for it, but uh, yeah. That's funny. Uh, so I'm not. I'm not really. I haven't gotten into football that much. Um, but I swear, anytime there's like an international athletic thing at all, Olympics, whatever, I automatically go with Japan first, just because it. I'm. I can't really go for the U.S. It's too. I don't know. I got issues. Um, right. Plus, my grandmother on the other side is British, so occasionally, if there's a mixed black Brit, I'll go for that. Um, it's. It takes a lot. It takes a lot to bring me back into the states. It's really only if they. It's really only for track that I'll start to get excited about track. But Allison Felix, baby, you know yeah, like, exactly. I mean, Actually, we ran into her um, out here a couple years ago. But um, there was a black and Japanese kid and track at the last olympics and i my my, my loyalties were very conflicted and <laughs> <laughs> right. track i was like wait i'm going for japan and track what's happening i was what? i was really stressed out i didn't know what to do <laughs> i didn't know what to do you, with myself you know what's weird is that that's the only time that i feel any connection to america though like when it is international things like that I, yeah. that's the only time that i'm like okay you know when we if we're doing good okay if not it's like whatever dog i'm not really <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't walk around with a flag or anything. I'm like, whatever. But then it's like, yeah, 
I got to connect somehow. You know? <laughs> Listen, man, I, I ran track and field in high school and I was, I was a straight up, I was a nerd cause I was like an athlete slash choir geek slash cheerleader by not not because I wanted to be a cheerleader but because our dance team which was like right hell the same team, thing <laughs> down so I was like damn I still want to dance though um, <laughs> um yeah yeah, yeah. Nice. So, I mean that's I mean and that's that's kind of like my background I was like you know I had uh I was football you know track hit uh, somebody uh, Jones you know that you know it. Uh, but then I was also drama in, in, in doing all that type of shit. I was like doing plays and, you know, kind of clashing the, of those two kind of cultures. So, Marion, what kind of geekery have you always had? Yeah. Like, like what brought you all the way through into this current form of your blurtery? Yeah, no, for me, I think it, it was definitely like clothing and shoes. Like I wasn't, I, I, man, I grew up in the the burbs the suburbs but I also went to school out here because my mom was um, a teacher and principal at Compton Unified School District and so I realized there's something a little off about my choice of clothing very early like I didn't know mm. I loved that the Goodwill any thrift store of mm-hmm. course it's an old Buffalo Exchange and like Crossroads and like just like so my my gauge on what was the cool thing to wear was not that ever clear. It was just <laughs> right. never, it was whatever I wanted to wear. Like I always looked like a 55 year old woman. <laughs> like, <laughs> like when everyone was wearing jellies, I was definitely not. I was like, Ooh, look at these penny loafers with socks. Right. <laughs> See, you're going, you're going straightener. See, when you said shoes, I was wondering if you're a sneakerhead, but you were talking about like, Loafers. Yeah, like I'd be into <laughs> loafers or or like the tennis shoes. If I wore tennis shoes, I wanted my Converse to be ripped apart. Like that's how I felt like, oh, these are perfect for me, mm. you know? And so it was weird, <laughs> of course, going to, first of all, Compton, I love because that was second home uh, because my mom was a teacher there. But like, man, I got made fun of hella a lot. It was I like, yeah. I, I went to Jordan and Long Beach, so I bet you got it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, they were they were not playing. They were like, listen, um, what is it? African booty scratcher. Listen, um, <laughs> what? Wow. Real. that's real. Uh, but it, it was good. It strengthened me. You know, like, it's all good. It's, it's like I have nothing but love for all of it. <laughs> and, and you know what's and you know what's weird is like I I look at I look back at that and I see like like I I could see the way that you probably were dressing and I would look at you now and be like that's some good shit. You know what I mean? Like that right there, she knows what she wants to wear. She got some, you know, some uh vintage look, you know what I mean? But now nah, but back the then it was like who the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Why is she wearing that shit? <laughs> Well, it was, it's weird because, you know, I spent a lot of years in the um, mental health field. And so going into like, let's say like the regional center, a lot of African-American women here in L.A. are, are social workers and like doing the hard work. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting to like go into that space and they're just like, yes, girl. And I'm like, oh, my God, if you only knew like, <laughs> literally, you just needed you- to find your time. <laughs> 
I did this one time. I'm like, this years ago, you would have been dogging me out. And so this is wild. And I'm into right. it. They're like, oh my God, your color choice is okay. I see you. And I'm like, oh, I feel vindicated. I just feel right. right. That's yeah, it's 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 a it's like, yeah, it's like a, a, a long time coming type of you know, find that vindication that that I that is very uh, astounded to, to understand that. You know what I mean? It's it's crazy. Well, it's cool now to be able to be nerds now. I mean, like uh, we've talked about on the show before, like I was closeted about reading comics and stuff as a kid. It's like no one in high school knew I read comics. And I would it, when I was in Long Beach, I had to pick up comics like whatever one of five comics they had at the Korean liquor store around the corner. But when I moved back up to Sacramento, where uh, Blair Vision and I were uh, grew up, like none of those people knew I was into that. I had to keep all that inside. And so years later, when I'm wearing a Batman necklace or a Marvel t-shirt and someone just gives me a head nod and I'm just like, oh, you can get the nod for being a nerd now? Like when? <laughs> Where were you guys in high school when I could have been a full ass geek, but I couldn't because I had to keep it secret because I was also so from weird. the hood. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Can you it's imagine like, like hood Charmaine showing up in Antelope? Yeah. Blair Vision? No, I couldn't. And then no, also no, no. being a comic book geek? Like that wouldn't but, have worked. Yeah, it wouldn't have played. It wouldn't have played really of... <laughs> Yeah, it would have been a weird, like it's just a weird dichotomy because I mean, it's, it, it was, it was, suburby but it was but i don't i don't know because it was suburby but it was also like real eclectic because everybody was coming from different like military backgrounds and 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 you know they were in germany and then they come over here and then they're just like so i mean i i mean i think it would have been a trip because you know we still had them you know them little white kids that would have been like i i don't know what you know what box to put this person in? Um, like mixed yeah, black no, I, people were reading comic books. <laughs> Say what? Um, so yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it would have been a trip. Yeah, that's funny. So when? Uh, so okay, so you're mostly a suburban, and then you ended up going to school. You did you go to Compton High? Where'd you go? No, I I definitely uh, my mother for <laughs> Henrietta Demi Lola Yesufu. Sure, up to her. We would be in. We would be like in like one of those. My parents. Um, were and what what is it when you go away for school what's it called boarding like, school uh, like boarding school yes yeah. ah thank you so much a boarding school if it was up to my mother and my like we would have been in boarding school but mm. like boarding school in Nigeria is completely different from boarding school in America it's, the difference is simply the money <laughs> so like we went right. to normal school and it was cool no we went to school in um Orange County so oh, okay. I spent first through sixth grade in it's like Londell Hawthorne area for schooling. And then as soon as we graduated from elementary school, it was Orange County all through and through. So that's got to be interesting too. I mean, I, uh just because I don't have the experience, I'm not sure how many brown and black folks were around to you when you were growing up. But then you also, are you first generation born in America or how's it work for you oh you were born in nigeria so um so then also you're a transplant from another country what was that like for you in orange county where there's probably not that many brown and black people and then on top of it you're from nigeria and on top of it i wasn't just like a normal like uh i I don't want to call any immigrant person normal but like someone that was (laughs) trying to assimilate right but i was someone that was hella militant like if you heard my voice at 12 i was like ah do you know who you are (laughs) (laughs) i loved it (laughs) 
My neck is me. I day me. Yes, sufu. If you can't say an social nigga, you can't say yes, sufu. Like I was, <laughs> I, I deserve to be teased. I was not. I should have like been chiller. You know what I mean? But <laughs> I'm still not chill at all. I'm not. But like I should have been chiller. Like I would have probably been less teased. And so I deserve it, is what I'm realizing now. Um, I appreciate like, the militancy, like, though. Do it, do it, as far as I'm concerned. Make people yeah, feel probably, just I, uncomfortable enough that they have to adjust. Man, for, first day uh, of junior high school in, in Orange County, Lexington Junior High School, we had a world history class uh, where they opened up all the history classes and the teacher presumed himself an expert at West African culture because he had spent some time in my country, Nigeria, wow. and then proceeds to not talk about the full and totality of what it means to be from my country, but only spends time talking about the Bush people. And low key, listen, I'm hella Bush. Not because that's where my peoples are from. My peoples are from Abe Okuta. That's Fela Kuti land. We're artists. We're artisans. But I low-key grew up in the village. So like me, I'm like, I am a village girl with like smart girl mentality mm. because my parents were educated. And so I don't knock him for what he's talking about. But can you imagine it's my first day and this guy's like, and all they do is walk around naked and oh eat. My gosh. <laughs> oh, my God. Let us now yes. zoom in on these red ants. Mind you, like the whole all our <sighs> teachers introduce me as the girl from Nigeria. Say hi, uh. man. And I'm just like. I just want to die. That was, that was I bet because here, like the way the way we learn about. Well, first of all, American children don't understand that Africa itself is not a country. I mean, even the person who's sitting in office right now can't seem to understand that there it's a continent. But that's besides the point. Uh, so on top of it, the only thing you see about Africa is safaris and bush people and tribes and animals. And you don't see that there's full ass cities and people with and areas of booming economies or anything. And so you try to explain that that exists. And Americans are like, no, I'm pretty sure we would have learned that by now, you know. Oh, yeah, they didn't tell it's, us that. No. It's insane. Like, I realized how hell of village, or I would say, like, the equivalent of hood I was when Loki, like, someone, a Nigerian um, interviewer interviewed my father um, because of the, the that, that horrific Las Vegas shooting, because my mm. father was living there at the time. Mm. And that person was from like Lagos, the city, Wakanda-like, right? Mm. And the the person sounds hella British and hella proper and like Nigerian proper uh, or city proper. And then they proceed to re like interview my father who's been in America for like 20 something years. This is my dad. Ah, well, of course now. And if you don't see the, 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 the I'm like, I understand my dad. <laughs> 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 I do because I speak it like that. Yeah. But what? I like saw it from a third person's view, just mm, watching wow. it. For the first right, time. right, right. Oh my God. There, there's not an accident why I'm so village and I'm okay with it. Like, it's right. crazy. So what is code switching like then for you between, be, between just, you know, growing up around here, but then having the, the cross 
cultural uh, experience and things like that, being able to jump between the accent, because I do that as well with my Japanese side too. What is it like? Like, how often do you bring it out? And do you occasionally bring it out just so that you don't have to deal with... Uh... Uh, I like code switching as like a, a that, that, what is it, 1920s to 1940s noir movie where it's all about survival. There's Dust Bowl. Hungry as fuck. And sometimes someone tossed you a bread and you ate it really quickly. And if you had a little piece left, you tossed it to your sister. That's what code switching is like for me. It's like survival. Uh, Cause like I, I, I have to be, what is co- corporate culture like? What is the writer's room with all white faces look like? What is it being like in a African-American space of the hood? What is it like being in an African-American space of middle-class experience? What's it like being (laughs) middle-class white, that space? What's it like now being African, but like cool African from the city? What's that like versus, oh, just like being at home and safe. What does that look like? You're only at home and safe for like four hours out of 24 Mm. hours a day. So- it's it's a it's like um hot it's like uh what is it the you got mine you got what is it the dynamite in the field and you're just like man at this moment I'm gonna step on something and how are you doing today damn girl oh my god you know what he said I know it was like oh my oh seriously ah. First of all, if you want to do it my way, I said that. And then he said, oh, oh, yeah, of course. Of course now. If you want your love rice, it's important that you just come early. Early enough. You know, like literally that can happen in one day. Mm. And I wasn't, it's not just me. Oh, there's a lot of us going through that type of shit. (laughs) How do you survive? (laughs) I didn't because I shit because I I I mean I I thought I was but you know what I mean I thought it was bad for me shit you had I mean <laughs> you add, you have added layers to that I know you only got two codes you know what <laughs> you mean? Only two. I mean even me like one thing that I noticed because I have a British grandmother on one side of the family and Japanese grandmother on the other side if I am around Brits or Irish and I'm not paying close enough attention I might slip into the accent and it comes off uh, obnoxious because they think I'm making fun but it really just happens because I have an ear for it because I grew up listening to it, but I don't naturally fall into it unless there's a re- like unless there's something like that that would make me do it. Whereas on the Japanese side, if I see Japanese people coming a mile away, my body changes. Like I, I fold my shoulders over. I start, you know, kind of nodding when I speak. My whole tone changes. I did it at the grocery store a while back and my husband started cracking up because he saw me go from Charmaine to suddenly Shaman. You know, like I like hunched over and started speaking to the lady. Like it just happened. Like you can't control it. It just happens. But um, part of it also is for validation, at least in my case. I don't know if that feels like that. Like sometimes it's survival, but sometimes it's validation. It's like, please see me as I think, you know, as a mixed person anyway, it's like, see me as one of you, even though I'm only a quarter or only half or or whatever. Like you're hoping that someone identifies you as uh, I I 100% agree with that listen at um UCB there's like my favorite security guard person who's from Nigeria and man let me tell you how much it breaks my heart when like he peeks at something I've done said wrong like in our language and I'm like in my gut mm. it hurts bad but like he's just being like he's not trying to be offensive you know but he's like right. ah 
Could you have said that a little bit better? Ah, you know, your pigeon like ah, your pigeon English is not so good. Your Yoruba is good, but you have to work on your pigeon. And I'm like, oh my God, I don't know how to speak pigeon because I didn't I didn't grow up speaking pigeon. Like I can right. speak your you know what I mean? And so yeah, yeah hell yeah, validation. It's real. Yeah. It's real. Uh, so one other question that has popped up just just from hearing you talk um, and some of the things that you might go through. I, as a mixed Black American, I get a little bit uncomfortable with the with the usage of the word African American only because up until six months ago, I didn't know where on the continent my ancestors came from. So I've always described myself as Black, and this is something. Blur Vision I've talked about occasionally, but as an actual Nigerian who has grown up here, what does the term African-American mean to you? What does it feel like in using it when you see American born black folks using it? How do you feel about the term? Man, I, I really, I just try and be as careful as possible (laughs) with all the terms just because, um, Oh, we're sensitive over here. (laughs) (laughs) And and we're we're sensitive because I I am, I I too am, as soon as I was no longer in my land, I too became African-American, you know, Mm, right? because I'm dark-skinned. And so um, um, growing up in my country, I was a queen, I was a princess. I don't know what it means to be ugly because I have dark skin. I learned that here. Right. Let me tell you, um, the layers of of how much one respect I have for however you want to call yourself, be it black or African-American. I love, I love so much this country because of us, because of black, because of African-American, because there's so much pain that is consistently, continuously laced upon the people here Mm. that Mm-hmm. with that word and term and man it takes a lifetime to understand fully the 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 kind of kindness that has to come out of us um to be able to navigate this space because what i see it as is a consistent reset every day you go out into the world you get your beating and then you come back and you reset and you have to forgive in order to go back into the world called America as a black or as an African-American or as whatever you want to call yourself. And for me, as a, as a black woman, as a black mother, as a black mother, now raising a black son, I, I, man, my, the, the kind of layers I just continuously am like always feeling learning and unlearning is ridiculous. And I'm a global, I'm a global citizen. And so for me, I'm always like, but there's black Australian, there's black British, there's mm-hmm. black Latino, there's black Africa, you know? And so right. I don't, I don't know, I don't know the answer, but what I do know is that the more we start learning each other and learning each other's stories, we are more forgiving of each other and we can now slowly start healing, healing again, and then just start learning each other's culture, language. Like I'm, I'm a daughter of, of, of educators. And so the only thing that's ever made sense to me is, is, is the freedom of education. Like, like being Mm. able to just seek out and learn it. I fuck you. If you tell me that I don't, I can't learn science Mm. because I'm going to go out as a little African girl and go drop some ice on the ground and 
critically think that shit through until I learn what the fuck Einstein was talking about. And right. so I, I, it's, 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 it, we, 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 we warrior fight our way through what we can't have, mm. you know? And mm-hmm. so I, you know, I, I, I'm so careful with it. You know, but I also am like, no, nah, you got to attack that shit. You want it? You got to. Uh-huh. I always tell my son, we don't know how long we have here. We're living organisms. We will die. We will die. So what will you do with the time that you have here? What will you do with it? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yep. That there. <laughs> that right that, there. That whole, that whole part. <laughs> That, that part. That part. Yeah. I'm trying to get. I'm so, trying to segue smoothly yeah. into the next part, but I'm just like aghast at the moment. Um. Yeah. No, that was real, real, real. <laughs> all right. So let's get back down to. Thank you so much for for all that you've been saying so far. Uh, but let's get back into sort of the comedy of it. Like you mentioned at the beginning of the show, and and kind of stuff that Blurred Vision I've talked about before on the show too is. Is like we've always been craving people who look like us on TV, which is you know a little bit tough sometimes when you're mixed. But at least if you if they're not mixed, at, at least let them be brown or black so that we have someone that kind of looks like us so that we can identify. And then when we really think about it, the '90s were the '90s were pretty black. We had a lot of we had a lot of shows. We had hanging with Mr. Cooper. Yeah, hanging with Mr. Right. Cooper. We had two two seven. We had um we had uh, perfect. Uh, I mean um family so matter. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's where I was going. Where's, we had that one show with that one Why can't I think of the one, one with a, a living single? We, you know, we had a lot of stuff. Living color, like you said earlier, and then yeah. Martin. Uh, and then it just dropped, and all of a sudden, black wasn't bankable anymore, and no one could fathom how you could sell a show of blackness. And maybe that had a little bit to do with the CW kind of popping up and starting to absorb a lot of the black shows. And then it was like, well, you can only make black bankable if you put it in one space or whatever. Um, and then, you know, so now we're 2019 and we're starting to figure out, oh, you actually can sell black again. Who knew that there were people out there who wanted to put dollars into black movies and TV shows? With that in mind, black comedy has always been a very, you know, for the longest time, it was kind of viewed as a very specific time of comedy. And now we have all different kinds of black comedy. We have black nerdy pop, uh, comedy like uh, Baron Vaughn is very nerdy and hella hella black when he's out there. Or, you know, we still have some of our, our militant blackness and things like that. But specifically, Atlanta, there's more yeah. women. Dark um, like Atlanta with like a slightly dark. Right. right. Like we can actually cross a bunch of different genres. And it's not just like black can only be this thing now. Um, but specifically, there's more black women that are in comedies now than I recall growing up, maybe. Um and but it's all different types too. There's there you know we're starting to own it a little bit more. We don't always have to be the angry black woman or the cuddly best friend or the sassy best friend or anything like that. As a woman, as a black woman doing comedy, what is it that draws you in that direction? And uh, what's the kind of comedy that really tickles you the most? Yeah, for sure. For me, I definitely love dark comedy. Um, there's a British um, show called Flowers. Um, and then also uh, Fleabag. Um, I haven't started watching Fleabag yet. It's on my list, though. Well, nice. Yeah. Like, there's something very interesting about these characters. And and and, and what is it? They're messy. And mm-hmm. I, 
that um, I won't say this because it didn't come out of my mouth, but it came out of Viola Davis and also Cicely Tyson's mouth, which was in the in the realm of um, oftentimes as African-American women or as black women, we by the time we've been pulled through the tunnel of television and have come out and, and a package has been done, it's a very perfect image and I, and perfect in the sense of it's only it's a one stroke character oh i'm just that person that rolls my neck oh i'm right. just that good friend mm-hmm. oh i'm just this one kind of energy of character whereas viola and cicely will say uh what i'm inviting you to 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 put on screen is a messy character they say unfortunately that white people or white characters get it too easily because no one's telling them not to be perfect. They're just going, just do something. And then they throw money at them, right? Just Mm. do something. And then you see the mess and the flaws, the family guys. And then you go, oh yeah, I like it. Why do I like it? Because Peter is is a mess, but sometimes he somehow is smart. And then sometimes (laughs) it's like loving and then sometimes goofy. And we feel this because that's what it means to be human. And so as characters on screen, uh, it's my job as a comedian or as a person who writes now is to create an army of characters like that for women that look like me so that we're not one stroke. We're not monolithic characters, but we're layers. You gotta, you, we, we have to allow ourselves to have characters that when we look at them, we hate them, but then at a certain point we love them. And then at a certain point we're like, oh my God, they make me laugh. And all of the things right. in between and around it. Um, and so that's my hope and what I can give to um, the art of comedy. That's mm-hmm. what I hope I can leave behind. Um, all right. It's my pedigree. And I think that that I think that that's what uh, like you were saying about Atlanta. I think that that's where it is getting its, you know, it's, um, you know, critical acclaim is that these dudes are I mean, that shit to us is just like real shit. But these people are are like, wait, black people deal with these type of emotions and this and, and 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 what you know what I mean? So it's kind of a kind of a like like you said a messy character, a messy life that these people are are, are seeing black people actually deal with on a day to day basis, and they're coming and saying, "Wow, that's kind of something that I would go through." Or you know what I mean? So it's yeah. yeah. The the first pilot, uh, you see him get crushed with Yale, and then by the end of it, the girl his girl's like. Okay, you know, I came back from my date. Um, do you have the rent? From the beginning of that pilot to the end of it, you're just like, oh my God. Right. So messy, but like, oh man. And you're, you, it gets messier. Ah. <laughs> right. Let this white guy call you a nigga. No. <laughs> right. No. Like, there's so many things, but it's so real because have I been a nanny? Yes. Did I let these people listen to Felakuti? Yes. In my head, was I really like low key, like cursing at all of them? You're white. He wasn't <laughs> singing to you. No. Right. Turn it off. Turn it off. <laughs> In my head, that's what's going on. In my face, I'm smiling. Collect the money and go home to your child so you can pay the rent. You know? So, like, <laughs> there's like, yeah. Ugh. Yeah, man. 
That's funny. So, um, before we get on out of here, why don't you talk about the event that's happening? Is it just coincidental that it's happening on Juneteenth, or was that a specific choice? It was... Um, it was a choice and it was also coincidence because like we all we do shows on the dates that are given to us. And, you know, it, I was like, oh, I'm using this opportunity to do so. <laughs> like, this right. is perfect, you know, that. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. Comes together. Comes together. Uh, uh, very, uh, you know, she I mean, uh, uh, Maine was talking about Juneteenth and we were, you know, I think that that's probably why it came up because you were saying it out loud man like he was just like you know hey juneteenth we were talking about it and then all of a sudden they were like hey you might like this too yeah maybe that's what it was uh, facebook was stalking me it's because like i i grew up what's frustrating about my presentation versus my upbringing is that i grew up hella black i grew up in the hood surrounded by black people my black family (laughs) everything my name is charmaine latrice for crying out loud Like, but I'm yellow, like I present yellow and you can see it in my face when you look at me, but, and in my shape, you know, I'm shaped like the black side of my family, but, um, you know, like white folks aren't ever going to pick me out of the crowd as black. They're just going to consider me some kind of other or even worse an exotic, which is what they call me on a regular basis. And, and so like, I grew up hella black and I grew up with Juneteenth and that was a huge part of my childhood, like a big part of my connection to my blackness and and sort of the memory of what our family went through and, and you know, things like that. It was always really important to me. And then I become an adult and I'm asking around all my black friends and hardly any of them ever heard of the holiday. And I, I, I didn't understand until I was an adult that it was primarily a regional um, thing. A thing, you right. know, but m- like my roots, my family roots are through Texas. It's Missouri, Louisiana, Texas. And so I understand why my family kept the tradition up because they, there's only two generations between Ooh. Texas and California. So, so like I get why they kept it going and I'm so grateful that they did and that they gave me that flavor. But then when I turn around and even, you know, asking Blur Vision, did you guys celebrate it? And he's like, mm-hmm. no, I knew about it, but I didn't celebrate it. And so I became this last year a little bit, but this year in particular, I became really obsessed with like we Trying need to, to we need to acknowledge it on some on some scale. I would yeah. prefer nationally, but just as collectively as Black people, like we need to acknowledge something about what happened to our ancestors, and then now what we are a product of, and what part of slavery are we still stuck in, and what you know societally, and and what's we're not. And so I, I I enjoy continuing to talk about it and look for it. And so yeah, maybe that's why. Maybe Facebook heard me say Juneteenth a million times, and all of a sudden it's like, hey, you might like Afro <laughs> curling. You might like this. <laughs> you might like this. Like we finally found something for you. Because last year, I celebrated Juneteenth in the park in Santa Monica around a bunch of white folks. And that was a different experience. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, shit. I I mean, and it's it's a real I mean, I have to agree with you because it's it's a real thing. Like we we celebrate Cinco de Mayo, which no one really knows. I mean, nobody does it accurately. Exactly. Uh, St. Patty's Day. The fuck? Right. Uh, you know, what I mean, we have all of these different things that are, you know, like for some cultures, the things that they celebrate. I mean, you know, why not have that day where we, you know, we all have to do, you know, we do stuff that is, is culturally, you know, uh, rooted in what our, you know, where where it comes from. So, I mean, it, it should be something that we push and we we try to global not globalize i mean right now it's just you know in america obviously we just want people to be on you know doing that shit you know yeah you want the acknowledgement of what the country did to our ancestors but you also want to be able to celebrate that we 
have came survived, you know, that we came out yeah. in some way, shape, or form. I mean, just look at the Juneteenth itself. The emancipation is January 1st, 1863, but Juneteenth is 1865. It takes two and a right. half years for the last people to be informed. Now, does that mean that everybody was out of slavery by then? Most likely not. There was a lot of shit that went down afterwards and stuff like that. But right. the, symbolically, like, even even just letting the rest of us free took too fucking long. You know, like, even that. So there's something about acknowledge, acknowledging it as the struggle. Because Fourth of July is supposed to be about independence and the struggle that led to our independence. I don't see why Juneteenth couldn't be that because it's literally... It w- it's more accurately the inter- independence from any of us that descend from the African slaves than actual Fourth of July, you know. Right. So exactly. Right. It was my own beef, but I was I was excited that I saw uh, your event pop up and that it is on Juneteenth and that it's Black women and that it's cosplay and everything like that. So why don't you talk a little bit about what's going to go down on um, at UCB on Juneteenth? Yes. Yeah, it's gonna go down at UCB. UCB is unit like we we know the space as like it's only white dudes that do improv there. (laughs) Right. They've low key been trying their best in terms of the diversity angle of it. And for me, as soon as I jumped into that space, um, I do what I always do, which is be militant as fuck and go. I don't see it, so I'm just gonna build it. Right. (laughs) and and uh, we'll see what happens. And so someone gives me an opportunity to have a free space. Um, I'm gonna make it hell black. <laughs> <It's my laughs> Afro girl and Beweeva is a live sketch comedy show. Um, you come and dress up in all the cosplay cosplay that you wanna. Uh, I'm I'm in between like Stacey Dash's clueless character and Daria, and then yes. like. If I can low key become like ketchup girl, because I really love ketchup. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. Um, (laughs) And and you'll you'll watch an hour of comedy. Uh, We've put together some uh, just back to back sketches. That is redonkulous. Y'all are gonna laugh, maybe get upset, maybe cry. But and then and then and then that'll be the end of it. Um, to like go into what you were saying about, you know, Juneteenth being more celebrated. I feel like I feel like the reason why St. Patty's and Cinco de Mayo can be celebrated is because we're far away from those experiences. A lot of those things, including July 4th, ended in bloodshed, but we move so far away from it. And being black, we never are far away from our oppression. Our oppression is right. like right here. It's always in front of our faces. And so it's right. truly hard for us to like want to look at those things. I, I think I'm just speaking for myself. And so mm. for me, why I did it this way is like, you know what? I love being black so hard because for me, how do we like wake up, do incredible things, um, go through hurdles and pain and then still do more incredible things and still love and laugh about it? You know, I'm right. not saying right. we're superhuman, but I am saying we're pretty incredible for the shit that we deal with. Mm. And so this night is just a night to just like have fun with it, like make fun of that shit. Hair is a real like it's like jollof rice, the, the, the war, <laughs> like like t- like naturalistas versus women that love wearing weaves, man. That's <laughs> right. 
epic yep. sometimes. I love it. <laughs> I love the idea so much. Make fun of it. <laughs> that's awesome well thank you so much for coming on the show i know we didn't even chat beforehand much just i just was like fangirled out even though i haven't seen you yet as soon as i sent a message so i appreciate you jumping on with us today it's it, i'm so excited i did reserve us tickets so hopefully if uh if my co-host gets permission to to go outside that no, I night i gotta get it <laughs> <laughs> He gotta I get, get his, my kitchen pass. He's got to get his permission <laughs> slip signed. Um, hopefully he'll be there, but uh, I'll be out there and I'm looking forward to it. Maybe even I'll get a trash award because our podcast Play Cousins on uh, Why So Serious, Professor Brandon got mad at me because I dressed up as the Lady Joker once and he said I was doing whiteface and that white people have really struggled. Um, <laughs> so, you know, may, maybe I might get a second trash award by by rocking with my Lady Joker. We'll see. We'll see. Oh my God. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Oh, man. Oh, my God. That's so great. You know, if, uh, I hope you're not scared. But if I do see you, I might, like, have you come up and talk a little bit. About I am what not you- afraid of being in front of people. Okay. <laughs> okay. Big great. Man. Great. <laughs> all right. Cool. Well, why don't you tell everybody how to find you, the show, social media, all of your all of your things? Oh, man. You can find me uh, dot com uh anything if you google search afro girl and brie leva it'll pop up if you google soul sister comedy it'll pop up uh yeah we're just excited to bring some color to the stage yes man (laughs) i love i I, and i love it because it's like uh and i've you know we've we've gone to cosplay panels before with you know with other uh with with women of color and such and it's one of those things where it's like i love that we're doing that type of shit now you know what i mean like before i felt as though people would look at us and be like well that's not the character you know that's that character's not this or you you can't only you can't you know, be do these so kinda... and so because so and so is white right right and i just love that shit now and he's raising two little mixed girls and they're going to need to know that it is okay for them to pick yep. whatever they want and dress up as however they want and be out there. Um, they're already pretty fierce anyway at their age. So I, yep. I'm, I'm not concerned about it, but you know, <laughs> no. all right. Well, that's, uh, that's pretty much it for us. Any final yeah. words? Oh, thank you guys so much. I'm so happy to do all of this. This is so oh. good. This is so cool. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you Thanks for, for coming, coming on. on. Yeah, most definitely. <laughs> Mommy made me mash my M and M. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Blurred Comics is a Maine Hustle Media podcast, co-hosted by Mixed Girl Maine and Blurred Vision, produced and edited by Charmaine Johnson. If you like our show, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Maine Hustle Media. Turn your side hustle into your main hustle.